The following audio drama is rated PG for pretty good. You should experience lots of explosions with no body parts and a couple of swears. Parents should be ready to cover their ears. And the doctor said it was something called auric energy, which makes people crazy for gold, and the orb makes it from sunlight. But I was there, Grandmother, and it was real. <laughs> Please, call me Victoria. Grandmother makes me feel my age. I wish I could have spent more time with you before now. Never mind, Amanda. You had your life to live as I have lived mine. If we had been in each other's pockets all that time, we would not have had so very much to talk about now. If it wasn't for the Doctor, I never would have found you. I'm sure we would have found each other. Time has a way of making things come to pass. I hope I'm not interrupting. Doctor! Hello again. Hello, Victoria. How are you feeling? As well as can be expected, Doctor. I've lived for a long time. I feel warm thin. Oh, you'll be back on your feet in no time. So many memories, Doctor. Every time I see your face, so new, so changed, more memories come flooding back. Truly, you are a tonic for an old soul. Seeing you again has been good for me too, Victoria. I wish we could stay with you forever, Grandmother. No, child. You have delighted me with your visit, but good guests know when it is time to go. We could take you anywhere you wanted to go. Any time, any place. Couldn't we, Doctor? Of course. Thank you. Thank you both. After everywhere I have been and all the things I have seen, I am happy here. The sun is warm, the people are kind. This is where I shall rest and wait for the end. But I don't want to lose you, Grandma. My dear, you will never lose me. I have lived more than most lives, but I'll always be somewhere in time for you. Now, I must rest. The sun, so warm, makes me sleepy. Amanda, it's time to go. Goodbye, Grandma. Sleep well. Robin Carlyle as Amanda Waterfield. Mechanution by Paul Mannering. Just 
for once. I wish tachyons would do what I ask. Amanda, pass me the rubber mallet, will you? Amanda? Oh, drat. Where's she gone? Amanda! Music room? No. Pool? No. Wardrobe? No. Library? No. Wait a moment. What is she doing in there? Amanda! What are you doing? Music off! Oh, hello, Doctor. I hope you don't mind. I was a bit bored and then I found this room and I was looking for that rubber mallet. What are you doing? Grinding. Grinding? With a metal grinder? In my engineering workshop? Well, yes. Once I grind back the welds, it'll give this panel a nicer finish. I can paint it then. What is that you're putting together? A canine chassis. I found the plans in the library. Okay, I don't quite understand the technology inside, but the chassis seems quite straightforward. It doesn't look anything like a dog. You know, it's so much more than a dog, Doctor. You've said as much yourself. That'd be more practical to build it with legs and- Canine doesn't need legs! I was making it as a gift for you. I thought you might like it. Oh. Well, he doesn't need legs because he's quite capable of using anti-gravity to move about. Now, I could use a hand with something in the main control room, if you please. Sure. Every TARDIS has a chameleon circuit. It's what gives the TARDIS its outside appearance. It can also change to look like anything. Which is why it looks like a naff old police box? Naff old police box? Oh. There, there, old girl. She didn't mean it. She's only human, you know. All right, I will grant this TARDIS chameleon circuit has always been a bit off. Normally it's no problem. Makes the old girl easy to spot almost anywhere. But sometimes the chameleon circuit fault interferes with other more important functions. Such as? Oh, traveling through time and space. Not exploding in a supernova-sized eruption of energy and component atoms. You should get it fixed then. Oh, it's fine. Well most of the time. But today, there are problems. Now I need you to give this panel a tap with the rubber mallet when I give the word. The TARDIS is a highly advanced system of alien technology and you want me to hit it with a hammer? She won't mind. We all need a bit of a knock in the head sometimes to get us thinking straight. Okay. Now, a light tap. No. Bit harder than that. What did you do? I hit the panel with the bloody mallet like you told me to. Well, that didn't work. Where are we? Are we anywhere? I'm not sure. The entire console has powered down. Where is this? What are those things? I have no idea. But look at the blue sky. Fresh air, trees, grass. It looks normal enough. 
Those robots have legs. Extraordinary. Did you see that? An entire herd of quadrupedal robots. I wonder what their purpose is. They seem a bit rough, not like proper robots at all. There's smoke coming out of most of them. I think they're foraging. See? That scoop comes down in the front and shovels earth and vegetation into the hopper on the back. I wonder if they're remote-controlled or autonomic. There's a small one. It's like a baby. Can't be. Machines don't have offspring. If you make a smaller version of a machine, it is to serve a different purpose. Well, it looks like a baby version. It doesn't have all the arms of the larger ones. And look, that bigger one is helping it gather sticks. Hmm. Now, why would robots herd together to gather resources? Unless... Amanda, I think we should be careful. They are completely ignoring us, Doctor. There's no danger. Whoa! Where'd that one come from? Herding behavior reduces the chances of being killed by predators. Or, in this case, being torn into spare parts by a different robotic design. It's nature, replicated in artificial life forms. It's like a Discovery Channel documentary, but with robots. Yes, but who designed them? Do you think they can see us? And away it goes, loaded up with the remains. Amanda, stop waving! No response, though. Perhaps we are simply outside their perception. Or maybe not even recognized in their experience. These bits look like an old clock. Clockwork in steam engine robots. How can such advanced technology be so antiquated? The robot herd came from that direction. And quite the swath of destruction they've left, too. An easy enough path to follow. Let's see what's at the other end of it. getting too old, or that walk was further than it looks. Long way to run back if we get in trouble. Oh, I don't see why there should be anything to trouble us here. Everything we've seen so far would indicate there's little enough to harm us. It would make more sense to bring the TARDIS closer instead of walking all over the place. What? Doctor? I think there's some kind of ruin over there. A city, perhaps. Hmm. What? I just stepped on something that looks like bones. A legion of the long dead in a field of bones. Whatever killed these people is long gone. These stones are unmarked. Nothing melted or burnt. That structure there, what does it look like to you? A dome? Or a bunker. 
No residual radiation. No toxins. There must have been survivors, surely. Must there? The universe is littered with the desolate remnants of cultures that have excelled at wiping themselves out in senseless wars. I wonder what they were like. This place is so peaceful, and the trees and grass. But no life. No animals. No civilizations. No survivors. It's likely some hideous weaponry snuffed out all advanced life here. And now only the wind and vegetation remain. There's a door around this side. It's warm in here. Yes, and the air is fresh. Listen. Maybe the survivors are still alive, just underground. It is possible. Survivors of a big war, hidden underground for generations, slowly mutating into hideous, pale, blind things that creep around in the dark and crave the taste of warm human flesh. Also possible, but unlikely. Boo! Ah! <laughs> Have you quite finished? It's too dark down here. I can't see very far ahead. There's a door. Mind you, don't walk into it. I'd like one of those. It's not a toy. I don't know. Does it have a vibrate mode? What? Never mind. Wait here. I can see a switch panel. Interesting. The lights are still working after all this time. They probably keep the lights on so they can't see the mess. There are more remains here. Mummified. Like Egyptian mummies? No. Just naturally dried out by the flow of warm, dry air. Whatever killed the people above ground killed these ones too. Those clockwork robots could have killed everyone. What was it Sherlock Holmes said about eliminating the impossible? Oh, believe you me, clockwork robots are not impossible. When you have eliminated all which is impossible, then whatever remains, however improbable, must be the truth. My point is that we haven't begun to eliminate the impossible. Right now, the improbable just needs to wait its turn. My dad used to read Sherlock Holmes' bedtime stories to me when I was a kid. It would be so much I want to sleep every time. Now this is interesting. Give me a hand. Clockwork that has stopped. It's so intricate, all those tiny wheels and gears. This one runs on springs. See here, like an old watch. Needs to be wound up to make it go. And away it goes. And away we go after it. The mechanism is very old. This clockwork was built somewhere. There should be more of them. Doctor, can you make sense of this? Mostly unintelligible. Color-coded wall maps are a universal feature, however. Now let's see. We would be here. And that seems to be some kind of manufacturing facility directly beneath us. Stairs or lift? Stairs. You can run back upstairs if necessary. You can't run away successfully if you have to wait for a lift. So 
So, if the clockwork runs down, then who is making the robot with the steam engine we saw outside? That, Amanda, is the question that drives us on. Look at them all. Fascinating. Machines building machines. Ha! These clockwork models. See how the steam-driven arm winds the key? Ha <laughs> ha! How very clever. Oh, and this one. Steam-powered, but older. Less refined. Doctor, there's some old ones over here. Lots of funny-looking little ones, too. Yes. Discarded. Failed experiments, perhaps. Amanda, are we quite sure there is no life on this world? It doesn't seem to be, at least not around here. But yet, life flourishes. Just not in the biological sense. I'd hardly call steam-powered robots life, Doctor. Why not? You and I are nothing but a highly complex group of systems contained within a form. Each system fulfilling a necessary role. Fuel gathering and processing. Locomotion. Sensory perception. But there's more to life than just biological function. What about emotion and thinking? How much time for emotion and deep thought do you think your average mushroom has? Well, that's different. How so? These things don't grow. They're made. They can't change. But what if they can? Those small models we saw, out on the plane, What if each one of these starts as one of those, and then gets built up to perform more complex tasks? Seems terribly inefficient. Why not build each one once? There must be some kind of software. Some semblance of artificial intelligence, no matter how rudimentary, that is controlling this production. What if those baby ones are the prototypes? When you're building something new, you make models uses less resources, and then you test it. If the prototype works out, you stop making proper ones. If it fails, you haven't blown everything on a waste of time. (laughs) You continue to surprise me, Amanda. I had no idea you were an engineer. My dad was a car mechanic. He was a genius at it. I learned a lot from him, mostly working on old 20th century petrol burners. I even went to university, studied general engineering. But only for a year. Why only a year? There was... there was this guy, and it's not important. Well, if you know your torque wrench from your sphygnocasthetic subionic inducer, I may just let you assist me in maintenance on the TARDIS. You could let me finish making the canine chassis. We'll see. Now, taking our bearings, scrap heap here. Stripped for reusable parts and remains awaiting reuse. Over there, the production lines where machines build current models. Which means that tunnel must be where the scavenged fuel and resources come in and new mechanicals go out. So, the brains of this operation should be... Up those stairs? Possibly. Definitely. Management are always above the workshop. Up the stairs, then. What are the Predator ones for? Are they made by a rival group of machines? If the system is based on a facsimile of nature, then the Predator machines are culling the weak, the damaged, and the poorly functioning. (sighs) It's cold in here. Computers generate heat. 
work best if you keep them cold, which would mean we are close to the nerve center. Uh, there's another dried up body. Help me move him. Poor bugger. Now let's see what we're dealing with here. It's weird how it looks familiar, but it's not. Most technology follows a similar path. The names are different, but you will find a recognizable wheel somewhere in the history of every technologically advanced species in the universe. I don't get how they can have computers like I'm used to running in here, and have steam engines out there. It must have been quite an apocalypse when the people died. Imagine, you are a computer system, probably cutting edge, capable of doing vast calculations and managing hundreds or thousands of systems. And maybe, just maybe, true awareness and artificial sentience is just around the corner, perhaps less than 10 years away. And suddenly, the world goes quiet. There's nothing. No more input. The computer keeps working away, fulfilling its programming. And somehow, after hundreds of years of processing, something clicks, and it starts utilizing available resources, like that production line down there. The first basic clockwork models stepping gingerly out into the empty world and start reporting back. Data is gathered, crunched, processed, Whatever libraries the computer once used are accessed again. After research, more efficient engines are designed and tested. Obstacles are overcome and breakthroughs are achieved. What works is refined. What doesn't ends up on the scrap heap. Recycled and reborn. That's wild. I wouldn't have believed it possible. But here, on this world, it's artificial evolution. Mechalution? If you like. But the principle is the same as in nature. Ah, here we go. From what I can understand, this facility appears to have been an automated factory for building vehicle parts. It was also part of a cloud network for research into artificial intelligence. We are on the outside of a massive underground computer storage facility. It was a data center. Can you find out if there's anyone alive? Any people or other things? Last entry was... Ho ho! 1200 years ago. They call this world Theresis. There are reports concerns about growing tensions between four different factions. Threats involving biological weapons. Protests and diplomatic missions between them. Then nothing. An entire civilization wiped out. They appear to have been on the verge of a great leap forward. Interplanetary travel was in its infancy. New technology coming along nicely. And then a great war. <sighs> it's all too common, I'm afraid. This could be Earth. Yes, 
Not for lack of trying on your part. But with everything that happened, the Daleks and so many Christmases ruined during the nineties, people changed. People forget. It would be one of your most endearing traits if it weren't so irritating. So this computer has been alone for over one thousand years, alone except for the robots. I found the facility production records. Ah, very clever. The system adapted as it was programmed to do, creating tools to meet changing environmental conditions. I'm sure its makers would have been very proud. If they'd survived, they could have achieved greatness. In a way, they have. All this is incredible. Nothing beside remains. Round the decay of that colossal wreck, boundless and bare, the lone and level sands stretch far away. Grasses, you mean? And trees? Nature has made quite the comeback. Oh. Oh. They're dying. Doctor, they're already dead. We saw the ancient bones, the mummies. No, the machines. They can't die. They're machines. Machines who consume resources, wooden minerals. Then how can they die? Production is declining. The predators are returning with more and more failed units. The production machinery is breaking down. There must be something we can do. Perhaps. Evolution isn't a constant process. It's a series of failed experiments, for the most part. Enough failed experiments, and a species ceases to exist, or changes completely. They've survived for so long. They've done so much. Yes, but the mechanicals have reached the limits of the system's intelligence. It's an artificial system. It can be improved. There is a way. I suppose. But there is a more important question. Really? Do we have the right to interfere? Interfere? Of course we must interfere. You said yourself they will die out if we don't do something. You mentioned the Daleks. I made the mistake of preventing their extinction once, long ago, and I've been paying the price ever since. But this is different. Now, yes. But what if these machines evolve? And decide that all other life in the universe is inferior and must be destroyed. You can't be responsible for the choices of others, but you must be responsible for your own. Grandmother said that. All right. First, open up some access to these corrupted libraries. Then change the program parameters and. Something's happening on the workshop floor. Predators, incoming. Ah,、oh, that might have been a mistake. Amanda, I need you to go down to the access tunnel that leads to the outside. There's a manual door control. If it's still working, you can close the access tunnel. On my way. And if you can't, the predator machines will get inside and tear everything down to its component parts.
predator control. Come on, give it back! Reroute the command structure. Insert a remote module. And... Oh! On! That was really good code! You are not coming in here! You are not coming in here! Alright. You asked for it. No, don't tell me he killed everything. Doctor, what did you do? They've stopped. They've all stopped. Give me a minute. I may have to rebuild some of the mainframe and reprogram a chunk of it. What do you need me to do? As much as you can. We'll start with rewiring the burnt-out circuits. There's enough of what they need to get started, and the rest can be found out there. What do you call it? Photo... bio... Photosensitive bioplastics. The next generation will be made of solar-powered plastics that can be grown. Here it comes. Oh, it's tottering. It's going to fall over. <laughs> it's going to learn. The system just needs to calibrate the controls for the new robotic motile dynamics. Like a newborn fold? The system has also been optimized to improve on the initial design. Soon there will be other types, each filling an ecological niche, perpetuating the species and helping the greater system evolve. Fantastic. My dad could have seen this. He would have been proud of you, Amanda. I don't think so. I'd like to go back to the TARDIS now. I'm covered in grease and dust and I really need a shower. Of course. And when you're feeling up to it, you have a canine to build. You have been listening to Doctor Who Mechalution by Paul Mannering. Produced, engineered, and directed by Stevie K. Farnaby. Starring Mark Kalita as the Doctor, and Robin Carlyle as Amanda Waterfield. Also featured in the cast was Damaris Mannering as Victoria Waterfield. 
the Doctor Who theme, Gold vs. Howard, recorded by Darth Jedi 2005, based on the original theme by Ron Grainer and realized by Delia Derbyshire. The soundtrack for this episode was specially composed by Joshua the Manitou Blanc. A free tie in music EP, Let's Build Mecca, can be downloaded from www.manitouslayer.com. Additional music by Kevin McLeod of Incompetent.com and Skipperita. Doctor Who is released under a Creative Commons license. For more information, visit www.brokenc.com slash All original content, including the script, effects, and music, remain the property of their creators. presents Let's Build Mecca. Music from and inspired by Broken Sea Audio Productions, Doctor Who Mechalution. free download from www.manitouslayer.com. <laughs> 